This is the Cafe Americaine Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Michaels. This is your weekly suppository about politics, current events, metaphysics, and who knows what else can come leaking out of my diseased mind. Tonight, oh, well, first off, you can listen to me on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, I will also, or I am in the process of, getting back onto the radio, actually uh, terrestrial radio, no less. So that will be fun. I No, it's not going to be a big deal, but it is going to be put together a little bit better than what I'm doing now because I'll have other people doing the work instead of me trying to do everything while I have a day job. So this is going to be fantastic stuff. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about asteroids and aliens embarrassing the Democrats and how the Democrats are getting desperate to try and silence anybody that disagrees with them. Nadler versus Barr, that giant pant load versus a giant ass load. And the foreign collusion is really on the Democrat side, especially in the 2020 elections. And finally, it looks like the chickens could be coming home to roost for the neocons and Iran. So all of that, and you'll never guess, you'll never guess the person on the left that supports, well, everybody on the left is going to support that because you have never, ever seen a Democrat or a left-leaning outlet ever say nothing or ever say anything negative about a war, especially a war against brown people. Russia may be included in that if you decide to look at the Caucasus. Anyway. So for, this is turning usually what has been happening lately on the Cafe American podcast is that we've been talking about more esoteric conspiratorial, I guess, in nature kind of things in the beginning of the program. And then we kind of degenerate into nonsense on the more terrestrial plane. So going with that notion and outlook, NASA administrator. Jim Bridenstine warned that meteors could destroy an entire state in the United States and that they are a real threat to the Earth. And he has said that there has not been enough awareness about the whole thing. This is not about Hollywood. This is not about movies. This is about ultimately protecting the only planet we know right now to host life, he told WRCB-TV. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he referenced, uh, what is it? A meteorite exploded over the Russian city of Chel... I couldn't even pronounce this if I tried. Chelyabinsk in 2013. And it had 30 times the energy of the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima and injured about 1,500 people. And NASA detected an even larger object that approached the Earth but did not actually land on it. He goes, I wish I could tell you that these events are exceptionally unique, but they are not. These events are not rare. They happen. It's up to us to make sure that we are categorizing, detecting, tracking all of the near-Earth objects that could be a threat to the Earth. And he goes on and on and says that 90% of near-Earth objects measuring 140 meters in diameter um, can be tracked, 
but we're only about a third of the way there. We want our more international partners that can join us in this effort, monitoring stuff in space. We want more systems in the face of the Earth that can detect and track these objects, so on and so forth. We know for a fact that the dinosaurs did not have a space program, but we do. And we need to use it. Okay, so here's the fun part about all of this. Is that for the past two weeks, NASA has been leaking non-stop, non-stop about meteorite threats. And cataclysmic events coming from space. And they have been going on and on about this and how this has to be a global effort. And not one country can combat this. It has to be a conglomeration of many countries. And these many countries have to be, obviously, from the first world. Um, and that we must put everything aside and we must start talking about these kinds of issues. So, okay. So this is what I find extremely extremely puzzling why is nasa all of a sudden out of nowhere starting to talk about meteorites and how they threaten the earth plane why is this happening all of a sudden now we have all just all of these constant warnings coming up and you gotta watch you gotta start funding nasa has a, an enormous budget and for some reason, they don't have any wherewithal to try and counter any sort of meteorite collisions with Earth. Okay, here's another interesting thing to remember. So way back when, when the United States was helping Nazis get out of Germany, because the United States still is helping Nazis, when they were helping Nazis get out of Europe, I think, I forgot who it was, uh, but he worked for NASA, and he, on his deathbed, made reference to how space was going to be weaponized, and the next space race was going to be, uh, you know, so on and so forth. But he outlined the steps that the public would hear to make the space race and the armament of space possible. The first thing that we would hear is that there are... Uh, I, I forgot what it was, but it goes, he go he makes a couple of warnings. The first, and eventually he says that what you'll hear is that you'll have rogue nations out there. And then you'll hear that there we must go after terrorists. And then you'll hear that there is a meteorite threat out there. So we must go into space. And then he said, finally, the final thing that you will hear coming from the government is that there are aliens out there so we must weaponize space to defend ourselves on this little blue planet all of this is incredibly interesting because now all of a sudden we see nasa pumping out stories left and right about meteorites crashing into earth and how damaging it could potentially be in fact, there is a meteorite out in space, about 30 years away, that is named after the Egyptian god of chaos. And chaos will potentially hit Earth. And as we all know, for those fans of masonry, out of chaos comes order. So be on the lookout for that. There, we're on about a two-decade timeline here, two to three-decade timeline here, 
of when the next shift should occur. And I mean that on most levels, on all levels, in fact. Uh, you, you know, the, the papacy came out this week, the pope uh, came out this week and said, we must have a new world order. And that new world order must unify the political systems as well as the financial systems. So what exactly is he talking about and why is he talking about that now? Now, before I move further and digress like a drunk mental patient, I'm going to try and stay on task here. So we have all of these meteorite warnings, right? Lo and behold, what comes out as well? We have the we have the time. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to look at this up right now. Uh, the who was that Nazi? The Nazi warning about space. Race. I, I like to talk as I type. Uh, who was this guy? He was the person that uh, was the one that created the V-2 rockets, which are the first intercontinental ice, uh, ballistic missiles, or ICBMs. Uh, and this person would be... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see if we can get anywhere. Of course, we're not going to be getting anywhere. Werner von Braun! There we go. Hooray. What do I get for that? So, Werner Magnus Maximilian Feyer von Braun. Holy shit. How many fucking syllables and consonants do we have in that name? Oddly enough, born on 32312. Uh, so, there's a numerology in there. Uh, he helped the Nazis during World War II to launch, essentially, the space race. And he is the one that warned us about meteorites and terrorists, and Nazis, and everything else, and then eventually aliens. Now, he does not say anything. He doesn't say anything about whether or not um, it, it's it, these threats are, in fact, real. All he makes reference to is that whether or not these facts will, or, or these, uh, these stories will come or not come. And if you see these stories, watch out for the weaponization of space. So that, that's something to keep in mind. He's not saying that these events are actually true. He's just saying that you will be told about these events to justify the, the uh, getting into space. Now, there is an Oxford individual. His name is Dr. Young Hai Chi. Okay, so this goes along with our meteorite story. And he is saying something that's very interesting. Very interesting. He is starting to talk about, and I believe, once you, once you hear stories like this, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that if you are seeing these stories, they're seeding the social consciousness for the next step and the next justification and the next story that they are going to try to pump into the public consciousness. So Dr. Young Hai Chi, professor of Oxford Oriental Institute, believes that there is a strong correlation between climate change and alien abductions. In 2012, Dr. Chi gave a lecture at the AMOC conference titled Alien Abduction and the Environmental Crises, in which he outlined his theory concerning the presence of aliens on Earth. He says perhaps human civilization is coming to an end. He gave a 55-minute presentation and he cited Dr. David Jacobs, an abduction researcher in the United States, who argued, now this is Jacobs, he's saying that aliens 
and their primary purpose is uh, on Earth is to colonize Earth and to interbreed with humans, thereby creating a new hybrid. And second-generation hybrids walk unobserved among us. Dr. Chi argued that it is not only scientists and theologians, but also non-human species who appear to be greatly concerned about the survivability of the human species. He also points out the timing of the aliens' presence and how it coincides with the Earth facing major problems, including climate change and nuclear weapons. Ultimately, Dr. Chi says it may be more or less assumed that the hybrid project is a response to this impending demise of human civilization. Not only can we save ourselves if we act now on climate change, of course, as the climate change angle, but also prove aliens wrong in their judgment of our moral capacity. Okay, so there is a lot going on here with Dr. Chi and Mr. Jacobs. So let's begin a little bit. Uh, let's let's move back a little bit. And he, he references perhaps human civilization is coming to an end. Well, it may not be necessarily coming to an end in the third dimension. Because like everything out there, everything vibrates on certain levels. And if you vibrate on certain levels, then you only resonate with certain ideas and certain concepts. So if you are vibrating on a more violent level, uh, you know, you're, you're tied to drugs, you're tied to alcohol, you, you play a lot of video games, um, you're on that lower vibration. You're not really connecting with the universe as a whole. You're not really connecting to a higher purpose with anybody out there, including yourself, including your higher self. So it's not that human, is, human civilization will be coming to an end. It is that there is a certain level of human consciousness that is coming to an end. And we see this all the time. You see more and more people just throwing their hands up and saying enough is enough. And you see that also in the political dialogue. The political dialogue is people are finally, even though they're ignorant assholes, they're finally coming to the realization that their political leaders do not care about them. And Trump, for what he's worth, is the flashpoint and what really lit the fuse in all of this political discourse that's coming out right now. Uh, so that's the first thing. It's not that human, is, human civilization itself is coming to an end, but it is the level of human consciousness that is going to split. So you're going to see less violence, but there's be, there, there will be more violence until that, that breaking point is reached. So just be careful about that. Now, the idea that humans are being crossbred with alien species is nothing new. You hear about that all of the time. And you hear about that going all the way back to the apocryphal stories in the Bible, where the fallen angels, if you believe, if you're a Christian, uh, a Nephilim, if you're a Jew, and also the jinn, if you're Muslim. Um, Muslims don't believe that angels could possibly fall because they are imperfect. Uh, so they believe that uh, something else came down. So all of those references that I've just made are in uh, reference to, not to, not to be redundant here, uh, to these beings interbreeding with mankind. Uh, you also see these kinds of stories coming out of Babylon and the Babylonian texts that speak about the gods coming to earth to mine earth for gold and other natural resources and creating a slave species. Slave species obviously being man and the first 
creature being created that is interbred between God and ape is named Adamu, spelled A-D-A-M-U. If you remove the U, then all of a sudden you've got Adam, Adam of Adam and Eve. Um, so this interbreeding process has been going on throughout history. It's been, it's been occurring throughout mankind's history. Now, why would they do that, though? What is going on, and why would some other being be wanting to interbreed with humankind? That's the bigger question. And you have to go to metaphysics, and you have to go to channeling sources, and you also have to start referencing esoteric um, resources and books, so occultism, things like that. And it, you, what you discover is that mankind is really created in, quote-unquote, God's image. And so mankind is a creator species. Not only is it able to interact on the third dimension, on a very base physical dimension, but also mankind has something inside of it that no other being apparently does have. And that is the spark of the source. The source being everything that you see around you. So the universe is all connected to this thing called the source. If you read these, uh, if you reference these texts and these and these uh, channeling sessions, everything is connected to this thing called the source. And the source is absolutely neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It is there to create experience. So, you know, you have good and bad experiences throughout this whole process. So uh, if we go along with this. There are certain beings out there that do not have this spark in them. They can create, they can interact in the environment, but they are not connected to the source. And so mankind is unique in this aspect. Mankind can not only manifest, but it can also empathize. And it also has emotions that it must res wrestle with. So you've got a reptilian logic side of the brain where mankind can perform amazing feats and, and attempt at logic. I don't say it's great at logic, but it can attempt at logic. However, it also has the ability to empathize and feel emotions, for better or worse. And so within each man and each woman of the mankind species, of the human species, uh, there is also a soul. And this is where that divine spark connects to the source. So you're, you're starting to see stories about this as well, where the brain doesn't actually hold, this, hold the idea of thoughts. So figure that out. So the, everyone thinks, oh, where do you think? And they point to their forehead or they point to their temple and they say, oh, it's in the head. But they're finding out more and more that the brain does nothing more than sustain the third dimensional body that we interact in. So really... The soul is having a human experience, a human three-dimensional experience right now. That doesn't mean that that's all there is. There's plenty more, but that's exactly what the soul is doing. So the infinite soul is narrowing its awareness spectrum to only interact in the third dimension as a human being. And so there, I, there you go. I've just revealed to you on the Cafe American podcast the meaning of life and experience however so we continue we go back to this story so you have these different beings that are interacting with mankind and also trying to interbreed with mankind so that they have that divine spark they have that connection to the source 
And by having that connection to the source, they are thereby enabling their species to create and become a creator species. So this has good and bad intentions. As you know, out there, you have the icky reptilians and the stoic mantoids or insectoids, whatever you want to call them. Uh, then you have the blue chicken cult, which is the blue beings uh, out there that resemble avians or birds. Um, however, you've got those kinds of beings that want to interbreed with mankind, if we're to believe Dr. Chi here. And what they would really like is to, is to have that ability to contact the source because they understand what it is to be connected to the source and what it is to not be connected to the source. And I suspect that knowing that there is interbreeding going on out there, I suspect this is why you're starting to see a lot of agencies and government agents, well, not only agencies, but companies and government agencies. This is why I suspect they are making a dramatic push to get DNA on file. This is also why I suspect they want 5G out there. And it is also why I suspect they have decided to put these types of scanners throughout airports. What they're doing is they're looking for somebody or they're looking for something or some type of being out there. As you know, the 5G scanners in the airport Oddly enough, it's the same 5G that they're trying to pump out there and promote for the internets. Uh, rips apart your DNA. And it also has the ability to map your DNA as your DNA is functioning. So what happens is, is that everything is based on a frequency. Everything has a sound. Everything has a resonation. Just like you ring a bell, it has sound waves that pump out of it. So does your DNA, and so does every object that you interact with. So as your DNA is working inside of its body, it's also resonating on a certain level and creating a sound at a certain level. 5G allows these people to detect your DNA and how your DNA is working and what parts of your DNA are actually working. So this is an enormous project that is taking place, and I, and I suspect... I suspect this is a way to either safeguard humanity and safeguard the stocks of the elite, because as we all know, we are useless eaters. Um, it is a way to safeguard the stock. It is also a way to make sure that the aliens that are breeding with mankind are caught, apprehended, and removed from society, because these beings could potentially be a threat in a good or bad way. They could bring enlightenment. They could also bring enslavement. I, for one, believe that many of those being removed from society are probably the ones being brought forward to instill enlightenment on the population. So Dr. Chi is probably on to the right, uh, is on to something. Now, he also says that they, uh, they are in response, almost like the universe's defense mechanism. The universe, whenever they have some sort of issue with mankind, the aliens come. Not, no, they don't ejaculate, but they, they decide to come down to, to Earth to see what's going on. 
And once again, I'll make reference to a lot of channeling sources, a lot of occult references and witchcraft and things like that, that this is in fact true. A lot of UFO sightings decided to uh, happen when the United States and everybody else uh, were detonating nuclear bombs and H-bombs all over the place throughout the 50s and 60s. What they decided to find out was that the yields that were coming from these detonations were never constant. So what that says is that if they made the devices, the weapons of mass destruction, the same way every time, the yields were always different. So what does that tell you? There is There are environmental factors out there that interact with the way an atomic weapon explodes. And so the other ramification of that is that there is, uh, well, an energetic component to the detonation of a nuclear device or uh, uh, what is it, the H-bomb too. And what happens is, is that more than likely these devices are interacting on multiple planes of existence and awareness. And if you believe in dimensions, which probably you should in this universe, uh, the detonation of atomic weapons interacts on their level too. So not only is the, uh, you know, it, <laughs> not only are we devastating planet Earth, but we're also making ripple effects into other levels of awareness and multiverses and other dimensions. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> so th there you go. So Dr. Chi is making this argument, and I believe he is correct. However, I, sus I have my suspicions of his intentions. I do not believe he's being altruistic. I do, however, believe he has a motive. And his motive is to promote the, um, the climate change nonsense that has been pumped throughout the social consciousness. That climate change nonsense uh, being that mankind is at fault. And mankind is the one that is causing the planet to destroy itself through climate change. Well, the issue here is that climate change is not only on Earth. NASA has released a lot of data citing how other planets are also going through a climate change, including the sun. You've got Saturn, you've got Mercury, you've got, let me see if I can name all the planets. So all of them are going through pole shifts and climate changes. Now, why is this happening? And I'll tell you why. It's happening because, and this is in reference to all of the asteroids coming into the system and why NASA is up in arms about how we need planetary defense. It is happening because the chickens are coming home to roost. And those chickens being references to the gods from ancient Babylonian texts. And the references to those happen to be Nibiru or Planet X or whatever else that you may have. Whatever references you may have to that uh, is coming back into the solar system. And we are at the end of an age. Every 2,000 to 3,000 years, the Earth goes through a consciousness shift. So we're, we're coming upon that stage 
in mankind's history. And so therefore, once this planet comes back into the system, it drags all sorts of debris with it in the form of asteroids and moons and everything else that you may have. So it seems as though that on some level, NASA knows about this and NASA knows about the interbreeding of alien species and mankind. And what they're trying to do is control all of this at once. That would also explain why you're seeing such dramatic dystopian outcomes everywhere within the social consciousness. You know, from censoring people to, um, to, to controlling speech. Now, we, we, <laughs> we don't recognize gender here. They're all referred to as they. There are no males. There are no females. It is simply they. Uh, you can't tell any racist jokes, Jewish jokes, or anything else uh, because it's insensitive. So you see this clamp down on the social consciousness and also the clamp down on what can and cannot be said. This is all part of the same thing, right? This is all connected. And what they're trying to do is make sure mankind is behaving itself in the way the rulers want them to behave because the big guys are coming back. Woo! All right. So that was the first half an hour of the Cafe Americaine podcast. I think I'm going to do this as a separate podcast because the other stuff is a lot less esoteric. It's more political and third-dimensional in nature. However, it is still just as relevant today as it ever was. So that, that's what I'm going to do. That's it for the first part of the Cafe Americaine podcast. In the next part, we're going to talk about the Democrats and how they're going crazy by targeting credit card companies. Nadler versus Barr, two giant pant loads, somehow decided to put down the sheet cakes and the hoagies to go one-on-one. -on -one. And finally, we are going to talk about the absolute derangement and schizophrenia with American foreign policy, and you will never, ever guess, you'll never guess who is supporting this warmongering attitude on the left. So tune in to part two of the Cafe Americaine podcast. You can listen to me on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. This is Chris Michaels.